Our whole world is sitting there on a computer. It's in the computer. There are options in life. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think we should get judgmental here. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today I'm going back to a kind of a theme we've done before, a slight variation on it. I did an episode a little while ago about sensory memories, and I've talked about things that we used to have and that we don't have anymore, and this is kind of a combination of those two episodes, or actually those multiple episodes, because there's a lot that we don't have anymore that we used to have. This episode is actually inspired by an article I was reading on the web, and it was about little experiences that we don't have anymore. It's little experiences, little moments in the day, little things that we used to do that we just don't do anymore. And the reason we don't do them anymore is either the things don't exist anymore or it's just not necessary anymore. Like, for example, roadmaps. I've talked about roadmaps before. I used to love roadmaps. I used to buy atlases for my car. I used to have every roadmap for every state that I ever drove through. I used to love to go to AAA because if you were a AAA member, you could tell them where you were going and they would give you what they called a triptych, which was a roadmap with your route plotted out on it. But they also gave you the little map so you could look around where you were going. You could see alternate routes. You could see the side roads. But they'd also give you the full-blown street map. Now, when's the last time anybody ever had to look at a map? You put everything on Google, you can look at the map there. But that's not the same thing. The map that you used to have in your car would be folded up into a nice little pamphlet-sized thing. Maybe 8 inches long and 3 inches wide. But then you'd open it up and you could cover the front dashboard with it. That's how big a road map was. Because a roadmap had the roads for the entire state. If you're in a big state like Montana or even Pennsylvania, there's a lot of roads they had to put in there. And folding up a map, that was an art form. You had to know how to fold it. You had to fold it in half and then in thirds and then in eighths, basically, to get it back to that original 8 by 3 size. That's the only way it would fit in the glove box. So folding, unfolding, and using a roadmap, that's an experience that we don't have anymore because we don't need to. You just punch your destination into Google Maps or Waze or whatever, and with any sort of luck, your GPS will take you there. It was a sad day when I had to get rid of all my roadmaps. I mean, I didn't have to, but there's no practical use for them anymore. They were just taking up space in my car, but I had them in my car for a long time. So those are the kind of little experiences that I'm talking about. Reading a roadmap, folding a roadmap, unfolding a roadmap. The same thing with newspapers. We don't do newspapers anymore. I mean, you can still get them. And I've talked about newspapers many times. I talked about one of my favorite experiences was getting the Sunday paper and spending Sunday morning just going through the sections of the paper. There was something ritualistic about it. There was something calming about it. You'd go to the sports section, get all the headlines, get all the scores. You'd go to the comics. Of course you had to go to the comics. At least I did. You'd check out the style section. You'd check out the food section. You'd always check out the entertainment section, see what the movies are this week. Some newspapers on Sundays, they would give you a TV guide for the week. You didn't have to subscribe to the magazine TV guide. You just got it in your Sunday paper. And the Sunday paper was like 50 cents. So you'd get the paper on Sunday. You'd have a TV guide for the entire week. You'd be set. Nowadays, a paper, if you get one, is 4 or $5 dollars. And it's not the same as it used to be. I mean, a newspaper on Sunday mornings, that newspaper would weigh four or five pounds with all the stuff in there. That sucker was thick. 
The Sunday paper would be six inches thick, especially around the holidays with all the advertising flyers they'd put in there. And paging through those flyers, that was an experience too. Oh, look, here's the Target ad. Oh, look, here's the Sears ad. Oh, here's the one for JCPenney. Oh, here's the flyer for service merchandise. Remember that? I started thinking about service merchandise recently because we keep seeing it on some of the old game shows we watch on the Buzzer Channel. Yes, we're old folks. We watch shows on the Buzzer Channel and we reminisce. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Service merchandise was a catalog store. There's another experience you're never going to have, a catalog store. Service merchandise put out a catalog, and they had storefronts. But it wasn't like a Sears. It wasn't like a JCPenney. It wasn't like a Home Depot. You'd go to the service merchandise, and they'd have a catalog, literally a catalog, at the front door. And you'd walk inside, and they'd have some display set up. And then they had these little clipboards with order forms on them. And so you'd go to the display of, let's say, the Timex watches. And you'd see the one that you wanted. There'd be one there. And you'd take your little order form, and you'd put it on the clipboard, and you'd pencil in the number for the Timex watch. And then you'd go to the counter, and you'd bring them the slip of paper with the number on it. And then the person at the desk would go to the back and go to the Timex watch section or the jewelry section or however they had it set up and they'd get your watch and bring it out to you. And they would do that for every product they had, whether it was a stereo system, a barbecue grill, tools, jewelry. But yeah, service merchandise was a catalog store where you would go shop the catalog in the store. It was like a mini warehouse and they'd pull the stuff out as you requested it. It was really kind of a unique thing, but you'll never see that again. Another thing that we've kind of done away with, analog controls. You know, buttons, knobs, dials. If you look at an old tape recorder, you look at an old stereo system, there are buttons that click and dials that twirl. An old transistor radio had a little dial on it, and it had the numbers written on it with a red arrow, and you'd point the red arrow to the numbers that corresponded to the frequency of the channel you were trying to pick up. And there would be an adjustment process. You'd have to get it just right. There's a little fine-tuning. You had to have a deft finger. You had to have a light touch sometimes to get those stations in. Same thing with adjusting the volume on a TV set. I mean, you have a button on your remote, but you just kind of click the button and the little bar appears on the bottom of your TV set and you can see the numbers 43, 44, 45, 46, whatever. Yes, I'm old. I have it very loud. I'm not ready for the subtitles yet. I just cranked the volume. So yeah, I'm up in the 40s quite a bit. But we didn't used to have that. What we used to have was the knob and you'd go up to the TV and you'd actually turn a knob. This is the days before remote controls. Yes, there was a time. Where we didn't have remote controls, we had to get up and turn a dial. Not only to adjust the volume, but also to change the channel. But adjusting the volume just right required a deft touch. You didn't want to go too loud. You didn't want to go too soft. And there was something substantial about changing channels. You'd go up to the TV and you'd turn the dial and it would be a definitive click. Click, click, click every time you turned the channel. And you could tell by just looking at the dial what channel you were on. Now, granted, this is back in a day when you didn't have 200 channels on your cable system. It's back in the day before streaming where you didn't have to remember, am I on Disney Plus? Am I on Hulu? What am I watching? You had basically six channels, so you didn't have to remember a lot of numbers. But when you clicked to the channel, you knew you were clicking. It was a substantial click, click, click. You could feel it every time you turned the dial. And you don't get that experience anymore. You don't need it. Nowadays, you can just talk into your remote. You don't even have to remember the number of the channel. All you have to do is remember the name if you have one of those talking remotes. I mean, it's not a talking remote. It's a talk-into remote. But you know what I mean. You can just say USA and boom, you're on the USA channel. As long as I'm talking about television and radio, there was also something communal about TV and about radio back in the day. 
You may have heard the phrase water cooler moments. Back in the olden days, in the old offices, they would have a water cooler, not even a water fountain, a water cooler, one of those big bottles of water that's in a stand where you would put a cup underneath it and pour water into it. That was a water cooler. And if you didn't have a coffee break, you'd have a water cooler break and people would gather around the water cooler at a certain part of the day and talk about whatever was the news of the day, whether it was news or whether it was the latest TV show. And that's one of the things that's kind of gone missing over the years is those water cooler moments that come from television or that come from radio. You see, back in the day, most television was appointment television. Actually, I shouldn't say most. All television was appointment television. You didn't have a way to record TV. If you wanted to see The Beatles on Ed Sullivan, if you wanted to see the special episode of Starsky and Hutch, if you wanted to see Who Shot J.R., you had to be at the TV on the night that the TV program aired. You didn't have another chance. So in the case of Starsky and Hutch, for instance, you had to watch the show at 10 o'clock on Wednesday nights, and then you would talk about it in the office on Thursday. That's assuming you had a lot of Starsky and Hutch fans in your office. If not Starsky and Hutch, it would be Dallas or Dynasty or whatever the big soap opera of the time was. Falcon Crest, even 90210. Whatever show you wanted to talk about, you would talk about it at the water cooler the next day. Okay, not necessarily the water cooler. You'd talk about it at lunch. You'd talk about it during coffee break. You might talk about it on the bus on the way in. But my point is that TV was a communal experience. Everybody watched the same show at the same time. And then you would all talk about it the next day. Nowadays, people don't even wait to the next day to talk about it. They live tweet a show. They post their thoughts about it as it's happening on Instagram or on TikTok or on Tumblr. Back in the day, you had to wait till the next day to talk about it with anybody who was interested because there was no other way to do it. Yeah, you could call somebody on the phone. But talking about a TV show on the phone, unless it was something extraordinary and unless it was a really close friend, you usually waited to the next day. You'd talk about it with your pals at work. That's the way it worked. The same thing with music videos when they came out in the 80s. I remember the debut of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Everybody was glued to MTV. It was hyped for weeks. It was directed by John Landis. It was a big production. It was a 15-minute mini-movie. Everybody was psyched for it. We couldn't wait to see what it was going to be like. And it lived up to its hype. I mean, if you've never seen the original Michael Jackson thriller movie, mini-movie, I guess I should say, imagine seeing that, but never having seen anything remotely like it ever before. And then everybody talking about it at school, at work, whatever your situation was, you were talking about it with your friends for days afterwards. And then you'd watch it in rotation on MTV. But everybody watched it at the same time, and everybody was able to talk about it the day after, the week after, and everybody was hyped about it all at the same time. That just doesn't happen anymore. Those communal experiences, those communal viewing, those communal listening things, the world isn't like that anymore. I mean, even something as simple, as mundane as the Top 40 Countdown with Casey Kasem, you can still catch that on Sirius Radio. You can actually hear the original broadcasts. But I remember when that was happening, at the time that it was happening, people would listen every weekend. We would listen to know what the top 40 songs were in the country. Because we wanted to know. We were curious. And it was always based on billboard charts and record sales and whatever else they factored into the calculation. But that was the definitive list. We knew that Casey Kasem would tell us what the top 40 songs in the country were. And we were hooked to it. We were glued to our radios to find out. 
You didn't want to miss the countdown. Yeah, you could skip over the, you know, 40, 39, 38. It was all right to skip those. They were either old songs that were fading already or new songs that we didn't care about yet. We didn't care about 40, 39, 38. I mean, he played them, but we really didn't pay attention till 20. From 20 on up, that's when we started paying attention. But that was an important thing, knowing what the top 40 songs were. And everybody listened. Everybody knew. It mattered to us. I'm trying to remember the last time that anybody talked about what the number one song in the country was. I mean, there were times that a song would hold on to the number one slot for weeks. So much so, you would get sick of hearing it. I remember when Every Breath You Take by The Police was number one for it seemed like an entire year. I call it the stalker song. Every breath you take. That's just kind of a creepy song. But it was number one for forever, it seemed. That's my memory. But songs don't hold on to the top spot anymore, not like they used to. I don't even know who counts the top spot anymore. I think Ryan Seacrest still does a countdown show. But does anybody care? Does anybody listen? Not like we used to. Something else about the radio, too, that I should mention. I remember as a kid, listening to the radio in the wintertime, whenever there was snow, waiting for the snow day cancellation announcement. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody in every part of the country. No snow days in Florida. No snow days in Georgia. But living in certain parts of the country, the Northeast, the Midwest, the Upper Northwest, when it snowed outside in December, in January, in February, you would wake up in the morning and turn on the radio station that gave you the school closing announcements. There was always only one or two. Not every radio station did it. Every school system had the particular station that they would give their closing information to, and every town had a station that specialized in the closing announcements. And whenever there was bad weather, you would be glued to your radio the morning of. You would get up early, earlier than you usually did for school. If there was a chance that your school was closed, you would get up early, hoping for that announcement. Oh, I remember, man. I remember setting my alarm. Oh, I gotta get up early. Gotta find out if school is gonna be closed tomorrow. There was an excitement to that announcement. It was almost like Christmas. Not quite the same because you're not getting presents. But boy, the anticipation. The anticipation of hearing the name of your school included on the school closing list. Oh, man. It was a little slice of heaven as a kid. The anticipation. Oh, please, please, please say Long Valley Middle School. Please say it. You know you want to. Say it. Because there was nothing better than a snow day. Oh, those unscheduled holidays. I'm sure my mom hated them because that meant she had to entertain us or find some way to keep us busy. Didn't want us in her hair all day long. But for us, man, oh, those snow days. There were never enough of them. I mean, we'd get a few, three or four a year. But every time there was a hint of a flake of snow in the air, oh, you wanted that snow day announcement. Now, that's not to say that they still don't announce school closings because of weather. They do. They do it on the internet. They do it on the local news. They do it on the cable news. We have a cable New Jersey station. They list all of the school closings. You can still get that information these days. But when I was a kid, the sources for that information were few and far between. You couldn't just turn on the TV. They didn't put it there. There were no cable channels. There was no internet. The schools all agreed to send that information to certain radio stations who would then broadcast it. But not every radio station did. It was only the local ones. I couldn't listen for it on WABC out of New York. They didn't have my local information. They had New York City news. But my dinky little school in Washington Township, New Jersey... We had to go to our analog radio and dial in WDHA, which we never listened to. First of all, the signal wasn't that strong, so we could barely get it. But second of all, it didn't play anything good. It was like news talk, but like boring news talk. It was always boring news talk, except on snow days. 
Then we really wanted to get WDHA. We had to get that damn station tuned in so we could hear the school closings. And then you'd be sitting by the radio, huddled around it, listening, listening. And you'd hear all the local towns closed. Chester is closed. Mendham is closed. What about my school? Why isn't my school closed? Randolph is closed. Fine. What about Long Valley? Come on. Come on. And you'd listen, ever hopeful. And it always pissed me off that some schools around us would close and ours would stay open. What are we, special? You get half a dozen schools that decided to close, and yours stayed open and you had to go, damn it. It was super annoying. But the experience of tuning in and huddling around radio, listening for that announcement, that's something that doesn't exist anymore. But it's an experience that I'll never forget. There's another experience that's out there that our kids don't have, that we did have. And that's the experience of being out on your own, doing your own thing as a kid. And part of the reason why that experience doesn't exist anymore is because of us, us parents. We kind of took it away from our kids. Now, we kind of took it away from our kids because of the experiences that we had, but we also took it away from our kids because the world has gotten more dangerous. I don't think it's quite as dangerous as we think that it is, but we're more aware of the dangers that are out there, so we keep our kids closer to home. It's partly that, and it's partly a function of the world we live in, where everything is on tablets, on screens, on phones. The kids don't have to go out anywhere to do anything. But I'm going to tell you, the freedoms that I had as a kid, the kids these days have nothing like it. I tried to make sure my kids had some of those experiences. I tried to let my kids go do things because I remember how important it was for me. But it's harder to do these days because of the way the world is. And don't get me wrong, it's not like my parents didn't care about us. But the world was different. Now, I've talked about this before. When I was a kid on a summer day, we would get up in the morning. We would have to do our chores, make our bed, straighten up our room. But then mom said, all right, go play. Let me know if you're going to be home for lunch. And that was it. We would go out the door. She didn't care where we went as long as we let her know where we were going. Because we would tell her where we were going and she'd expect us to be there. And you always went there because you never knew if mom was going to check up on you. Moms were sneaky that way. Okay, mom, I'm going over to Ray's house. Okay, have fun. And you'd think that would be it. But during the course of the morning, or the afternoon, if it was the afternoon, you never knew if mom was going to call Ray's mom and make sure you were there. Because she would do that. So you always let mom know where you were going. But instead of just going over to Ray's house, we were also free to go to the park. We could hop on our bikes. We could drive our bikes three miles. It was three miles. No lie, three miles. And as kids, we didn't care. Three miles? Eh, we can do that in like 15 minutes. Maybe 20 if we're taking our time. But we would ride our bikes three miles to the park. I remember the park, Hackle Barney State Park. It was a great place. They had a playground there. They had a picnic area there. There was a river there we could jump in and splash around in. No parents were there to tell us no. If we got ourselves wet, we had to live with the fact that we were wet. That was it. So we learned, don't get wet if you don't want to be wet. But there'd be three or four of us hopping on our bikes, driving to Hackle Barney. There was a dairy farm on the way there. If we felt like it after Hackle Barney, we would stop at the dairy farm. They had a little ice cream shop there. If we saved up enough money, we could go buy ourselves an ice cream cone on our own with our own money. And nobody said no. And nobody at the store questioned us. Nobody at the park questioned us. We just lived. Now, I wasn't six years old. I wasn't seven years old. But I was 10, 12 years old. I mean, that's a little kid. 10, 12 years old is a little kid. That's like a fifth grader, sixth grader. Hopping on a bike driving three miles, going to the park by ourselves. We were free to go into the woods behind the house. We had woods back there. Hi, Mom, going outside, going into the woods. All right, be careful. And that was it. We didn't have cell phones to check in with. We didn't have to check in. 
we had to be home by dinner time. That was it. I had a watch. I had to keep track of that. But if I didn't have my watch or I forgot it, I had to be aware of what time it was in order to get home for dinner. That was the extent of our supervision. We were trusted to do our own thing. We were trusted to come home at the right time. And we were trusted to stay out of trouble. Now, do I remember some of the stuff that we did? Yeah, I remember some of the stuff. But there's lots of stuff that I don't remember that we did. We just went through our days. We went swimming in the creek at Hackabarney. Yeah, I remember that. We had ice cream at the dairy farm. Yeah, I remember that. We built a ramp in the woods to ride our bikes over and crashed. Yes, I remember that too. Did we tell mom all of that stuff? No. But it was basically innocuous, harmless childhood stuff. That's just what we grew up with. That's the way our world was. Now, did I let my kids do all of that stuff? Well, no, not really. There was no park nearby that they could ride a bike to. They could ride their bike over to their friend's house if they wanted to. But a lot of times, we packed them in the car and drove them there. When the kids were little, we didn't want them walking the streets. For a variety of reasons. We would drop them at a friend's house. We might drop them at the high school to play basketball. We might drop them at the soccer field to play soccer. But we would pick them up at a specific time and they were expected to be there. And at least half the time, we would just stay there and watch to make sure they were okay. Is that helicopter parenting? Are we hovering too much? Probably. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I've read the news stories. I've seen the way people are. People do things these days that they didn't used to do. There are kidnappers. There are criminals. There are people out there doing horrible, icky things to people that they didn't used to do. That's not to say that there were not horrible crimes when I was a kid. That's not to say there weren't horrible crimes 100 years ago or 150 years ago. And yes, it's true we hear about them more now than we ever used to, but I think our view of things has changed significantly in the past 50 years. And so people do a lot more stuff that they didn't do when I was a kid. People try to do ickier things, more horrible things, than they used to, even 50 years ago. And that's part of the reason that we don't let our kids drive to the park on their bikes. That's part of the reason we don't let the kids just wander down the street to wherever they want to go. We supervise them probably too much. But we wouldn't forgive ourselves if we didn't do it. And then something happened. My point is, that's an experience that's lost to our kids. And I don't think they're ever going to experience the stuff that we did as kids. Yes, as I said, it is partly the electronic world that we live in now, but it's also partly the more dangerous world we live in now. Now, I don't know what it's like in European countries. I don't know what it's like in other countries of the world. But I do know, in this country, I don't feel as safe letting the kids run around, not like we used to. Not like I did when I was a kid. And that's a sad thing. That's an experience that they'll never have. And I think that's kind of unfortunate. So there you have it. Some of the experiences that I grew up with that we really don't have anymore. That don't exist anymore. The world is constantly changing. There are things that we used to just take for granted that all of a sudden we don't do anymore. It seems all of a sudden, doesn't it? It seems like roadmaps were here and then they weren't. It seems newspapers were here and then they weren't. It's like you look around and you go, what the hell happened to the Sunday paper? But as I sit here recording this today, I haven't read a Sunday paper in probably 15 years. It's weird. It's weird. Something that was a fixture in my life, I haven't even looked at in 15 years. Life's funny. Anyway. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.